Guys, welcome to Riverside Community Church. Uh, my name is Brian Doback. Uh, the past several weeks, uh, we've been walking through the book of Acts, um, and a lot's been going on, man. The Holy Spirit's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, he comes down on us. So we've seen uh, Jesus. He's uh, ascended to heaven. Um, the Holy Spirit has come down. Uh, disciples have received the Holy Spirit. Uh, and Peter gives a, a killer sermon. I mean, the Sermon of Sermons um, with the Holy Spirit, being empowered by the Spirit. And just last week, uh, what we saw last week was uh, Ezra gave us a great sermon on, you know, what like the early church model looked like um, and just kind of how we can flesh that out uh, in today's context. Um, today, guys, today is, today is a huge turning point. Um, we're actually going to see like the first uh, miracle recorded in the book of Acts. Um, this is the Holy Spirit like in some serious action mode. Um, you know, as, as I'm preparing a sermon, I mean, guys prepare for sermons differently. And, uh, you know, one of the things I do is I just go through the scripture and I just ask tons of questions. Um, I just like, you know, I just dissect the words. Like, what, what does this mean? What did he mean? Like, why did he use this word? And out of all those questions, probably one of the biggest questions that I asked uh, that stood out to me was, why did Luke choose this miracle as the first uh, miracle that he recorded in the book of Acts? This wasn't the first miracle in general. Uh, we learned in the scripture before it said, like, there had been signs and wonders done. But this miracle today is the first one he records in Acts. Why? Why did he pick this one? Guys, this miracle, it actually happened. Um, but you're going to see there's a lot more to it than just meets the eye. It's not really, it's not this miracle. Um, I think this uh, miracle actually has a lot of parable-like qualities to it. And we're going to see us in this scripture as individuals, and we're going to see us as a church also in this scripture. But the main reason why I believe Luke chose this uh, miracle as the first one that he recorded uh, was because of the resounding impact that it had. And so it's not so much the miracle, but what happens after it. I mean, this miracle has a huge impact. Um, so there's this uh, word uh, in musical circles. The band can probably relate to this, but this word reverb. I don't actually know if it's good or bad, but um, reverb, uh, basically it's the persistence of a sound after a sound is produced, right? So today's miracle is actually that initial sound and it's just going like, to cause like a reverb effect around the people, around the miracle. Um, a lot, it's going to cause a lot of discussion. People are going to start talking. And the next couple weeks, uh, we're going to preach on the reverb of today's miracle. Uh, but today, it's just a miracle. So you're going to have to come back next week to learn about the reverb. <clears throat> um, guys, I want to paint a picture for you here. Uh, I'm going to go off on a couple little tangents, but I think you guys will be able to make sense of it. Um, have you guys ever been to that party? Uh, so back in like my wayward uh, prodigal Sundays in high school, this is long before um, I met Jesus. And, you know, my parents would leave for the weekend. I don't think my parents are in here right now. Um, <laughs> my parents would leave for the weekend and... You know, I'll call my buddy Greg. I know Greg's not here. Like, yo, Greg, what's up? Like, my parents, you know, they're not going to be here this weekend. I want to have a party. Let's have a party, man. Let's just do it up. All right? 
yeah, cool, cool, but no, hold on, no, Matt can't come. Like that dude, he cannot come because when Matt comes, you know, he just ruins the party, he ruins the vibe of the party, and we just can't have him come. So, guys, you have the party, right, and everything is going well. The party's going exactly how you want it. You know, you're in control. It's got a great vibe going. And then comes that dude. And he just ruins the vibe of the party. I mean, you can hear, like, the proverbial record player just going, The party is dead. Thanks, dude. Thanks a lot. Guys, this is how, like, the Holy Spirit is. Follow me. <laughs> this is how the Holy Spirit is, guys, in a good way. Okay? Life is going how you want it to. Your hands are on the steering wheel. You're in control. Life is just a party, guys. And then, and then you meet Jesus, right? And then he actually makes sense. All right? And then you actually put your faith in him, and boom! In comes the Holy Spirit. He just ruins the vibe of what you got going on in your life. He rearranges you, your life. He, he shakes things up. Um, guys, I know about this. Before I met Jesus, man, I was living the life. I was living on an island in Georgia. Okay, an island. I was living the island life. I was a PGA golf professional, which sounds a lot cooler than it really is. Um, <laughs> But, you know, people are like, wow, that's so cool. I'm like, I go with it. Like, yeah, it really is cool. Um, no offense, Lee. My, my friend from the, the PGA days is here. Um, as everything was going well, life was a party. I mean, I was living it up down there on the island. It was going my way. Um, my hands were on the steering wheel. And, and then I meet Jesus. And then he actually, he actually makes sense. And I'm like, I'm going to put my faith in this guy. And boom, in comes the Holy Spirit, and slowly he just starts to ruin my operation. He ruins it. He ruins my life. It all just starts crumbling down. Everything that I had built with my own hands, my Brian Doback golf empire, <laughs> was just, I could see it before my eyes, just crumbling slowly. Um, man... Guys, that's how the Holy Spirit is. I mean, he's going to make us uncomfortable. He's going to rearrange our life. Um, but, you see, it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there, right? Because what you actually begin to see, you actually get something that you didn't even expect. Guys, you get something that's a lot better, better than anything that you could have possibly built in your life before Christ. Um, expectations, man. This past Tuesday, um, I'm going to paint this a little bit, this picture. Uh, this past Tuesday, I love Old Navy. The Old Navy store. I don't know if you guys shop at Old Navy. This is all Old Navy right here. <laughs> all of this. Old Navy, Old Navy jeans. Just the, the Nikes are not Old Navy. Um, so I go to Old Navy, it's Tuesday, and 40% off, you know, you get the 40% off, 50% off coupons uh, online, and I go to Old Navy to check out, I actually buy a couple shirts, and I go home, we live like a mile away from Old Navy, that's bad, um, <laughs> but I go home and try the shirts on, and there's one of these shirts is just like, this pattern is just too loud, it's like, pfft, like, oh man, that's not me, 
Um, I don't know if the pattern can't handle me or if I can't handle the pattern. Um, but I had, to, <laughs> I had to return this shirt. I just wasn't feeling it at all. So I go back to the Old Navy. I go in with expectations, right? Okay, I'm just going to exchange it for another shirt, right? So I find a shirt that I like with a pattern that I like, and I go up to the register, and she's like, yeah, this is actually ringing up for a dollar and change. And I'm like, well, do what you have to do. Um, I'm cool with that if you want to charge me a dollar and change for this. Um, so she's like, yeah, I have to. I mean, that's what it's ringing up as. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go with this. So I'm like, hold on. I'm actually going to get a third shirt, right? If I'm getting this shirt I'm exchanging this for for a dollar and change, I'm just going to get a third shirt, right? So I get a third shirt, and I'm just like, dude, this is awesome. I did not expect this. Like, I come into Old Navy thinking one thing, and then I leave Old Navy. I got like a hop, skip, and a jump. I'm like, woo, man, I got two 40% off shirts and a shirt for a dollar and change. I go home. I'm like, Stephanie, you're not going to believe what just happened. <laughs> Guys, my expectations was exceeded. That's like a tiny, tiny picture of the expectations that God exceeds in your life. Man, you're going through life one way, and he turns it around, and it goes in another way, but it's like infinitely better, infinitely better. Guys, so you're going to see, uh, we're going to see us as individuals uh, in this scripture. We're going to see us as a church. Um, you know, we're going to see Jesus change a life today. Uh, we're going to see God exceed someone's expectations, um, and it's all just the beginning uh, it's the beginning of a bigger story that God is piecing together. Let's pray, guys. Heavenly Father, we just uh, humbly come to you, uh, Lord. Um, what a beautiful day, Lord. We just thank you uh, for such a blessing um, to be able to come together as, as a, a body and just worship you um, and, and just uh, be fed uh, by your word, Lord. Um, God, we all need the Holy Spirit uh, continually, daily, um, and I just pray that you know, we see uh, the Holy Spirit today in, in such a different and powerful way, and it just penetrates um, our hearts, and we just exude uh, your spirit when we leave the doors here today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, uh, open up your book, your books. Your, it's not just a book. It's a Bible. <laughs> open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And it'll be up here on the screen. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Uh, we're going to kind of go through this verse by verse. Uh, going to exegete this. Exegete. That's like a scholarly word. I don't use those words often. Um, I try to keep it real. But exegete basically means interpret or to like pull the meaning out of the scripture and we're going to look at this like really practically, uh, verse by verse. So verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. So remember here, Peter and John, they're a part of this new church, right? They're, they're spirit-empowered. They have the Holy Spirit right now. Like they're not just um, flying by the seat of their pants here. Uh, they're being spirit-led. They're, they're walking with purpose. And they're just like, all right, God, show me where you're working. I want to partner with you. Just show me where you're working. We ask those questions, right? 
I know there's some of us that ask us those questions. Show me where you're working, God. We want to partner with you. So they're going up to the temple of prayer, and it's the ninth hour. Ninth hour is 3 o'clock p.m. Uh, the people went to the temple for prayer at uh, 9 a.m., uh, 3 p.m., and sunset. So this is like the 3 p.m. time slot. You know, everybody's just converging on the temple. Uh, the people are leaving the marketplace. Um, they're, they're, it's basically rush hour. Um, imagine Market East Station at 5 o'clock p.m. Um, it's ugly. A lot of people. A lot of crowds. Uh, it's rush hour. So verses 2 and 3. Here we go. We're going to start gaining some speed here, so stay up with me. Verses 2 and 3. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go to the temple, he asked to receive alms. So alms is money. Alms is money. Let's get that out of the way. So this guy, here he is. He's like over 40 years old. He's in the prime of his life, yet he's never walked a day in his life. Never. Never walked a day in his life. He's never known like the freedom of, of going anywhere without petitioning somebody else to take him there. The guy's just got to be carried every day, okay? So and he, he's at the gate in the first place because it's a high traffic area and like a strategic position uh, around like generous religious people, right? Making sense. So guys, we know this firsthand. This guy, he's been broken since birth. We're broken since birth. Guys, we are paralyzed by sin. Guys, when we're born, we're not like born good, and then it just goes downhill from there. We're actually born broken, and then it just goes downhill from there. I mean, it's ugly. Okay? So, you know, I can tell you right now, like my wife and I are about to have a baby here in November, and and I'm telling you, we're not going to have to teach... (laughs) Thanks. We're not going to have to teach that baby how to be disobedient. That baby is coming out the womb disobedient. Like he, he, he. He, I want a boy. Um, it. It may not be choosing to be disobedient consciously, right? But that disobedience is inside, lurking already. Guys, that's the effect of sin in our lives. From birth, we are paralyzed by sin, okay? So we go through much of our life always petitioning things to fulfill us and take us where we want them to. Think about it. The huge one is morality, as, just, as long as I'm a moral person, that'll take me there. Morality, guys, money, power, sex, drugs, alcohol, success, career. That was me, success and career, right? I mean, we can get low, like pornography, guys. Come on, there's a lot of things. This is just a short list. I think we can all make a list here, okay? These are the alms of the world. These are the alms of the world. These are the things that we pursue to get us where we want. So we position ourselves strategically so we can personally gain from what it is we're chasing after. Right? So follow me. The suspense is mounting. Pay attention to the Holy Spirit here, okay? 
Verses 4 and 5. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. So now this man is expecting something in particular from them. He's expecting money, right? We've learned that. Peter visually engages with this guy. I mean, he like locks in on this guy. Zoom. (laughs) Staring contest. All right, it's getting awkward. I'll stop there. Guys, he locks in on this guy visually, okay? And then he verbally engages with this guy. Visually, verbally. Guys, this lame beggar is a guy nobody was paying attention to. Nobody. Especially the Pharisees. The religious elite who would think that this guy was unclean and unworthy of God's favor. Right? So, like, look at this guy. He's, he's paralyzed in his condition. He's given up hope long ago. Man, I just can't walk, dude. I don't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. He's given up hope long ago, and he's resorted to money as his hope. That's his operation. That's his operation. Here we are. We're paralyzed in our sin with no hope, and we have resorted to the alms of the world for hope. We go through life constantly expecting something to be the answer, but it never fulfills. But we keep on going back to it. We keep on going back to it. This guy had no hope. He just kept going back to the gate of the temple in his paralysis. His hope was his money. As long as I get my money, I'm good. He just kept on doing it. So verses 6 and 7. But Peter said, this is big. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Peter continues to verbally engage with this guy. Now he physically engages with this guy, right? He physically engages with this guy, and he drops the name of Jesus on him. He drops the Jesus card, right? So, and Peter raises him up as from paralysis, and immediately, immediately he's restored. Guys, by faith... The Holy Spirit raises us up from our dead state of sin and immediately our relationship with God is restored. Immediately. Guys, we don't have to work our way towards God. Traditions, rituals, all that stuff, a lot of other things. God gives it to us. Look what Peter said. I give it to you. The guy didn't have to do anything for it except faith. He gives it to him. Guys, let's go to verse 8. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Guys, this came out of nowhere. He was not expecting this. I mean, he just walked out of Old Navy with two shirts for 40% off and a shirt for a dollar and change. He went to the temple on his daily routine expecting one thing, and he gets to go into the temple now. (laughs) He goes with Peter and John into the temple. This is amazing. Totally beyond his expectations. And he's got immediate pep in his step. 
energy, vigor, enthusiasm. Dude, this is sweet. I can walk. What joy we have when we receive the free gift by faith and we now enter into complete access to God. We can enter the temple to complete access to God. Guys, the Holy Spirit basically ruins this guy's operation. He ruined his operation. That was his thing. That's, he got his money. He used his paralysis every day. That was his operation. It's ruined. He can't do that anymore. He can't do it anymore now. It shuts down, but he gets something better. Better. God has something so much better for you than anything the world can offer. But too often it goes unclaimed. Too often it goes unclaimed. So verses 9 and 10. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Guys, here's where the reverb starts. This is where the reverberation starts. There's a lot of people around, the crowds, it's rush hour, God doesn't work. People turn their heads like, what? No, what? Can I just do that? People notice. Guys, they recognize this guy as the guy that was there every day. It's like, man, did you see George? I knew that guy 20 years ago. Look at him now. You recognize it. God's work is head-turning. His work in your life makes waves and people start talking. So that's where we're actually going to end it. We're not going to go any further. I don't want to preach the next sermon. But that's kind of a setup. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> Uh, so the following weeks, we're going to preach on the reverb of this event and where people start talking and the gospel uh, keeps spreading. Guys, so what do we make of all this going on here? I just want to go over two things, just two things. Have you guys ever heard of the uh, phrase modus operandi? Yeah, good. Modus operandi, it's like, oh, that's that dude's MO. Yeah, that's his MO, you know. That's his thing. That's what he does. Guys, modus operandi is like a person's characteristic patterns and style of work. Guys, do you see what I'm seeing here? Do you see what I'm seeing here? The personal, intimate attention, the visual, verbal, and physical engagement with the marginalized and the outcast. You see what I'm seeing here? The crowds, the crowd's reaction. Wonder and amazement. Who is right in the middle of this? Who is right in the middle of this? Guys, all of this is Jesus' M.O. This is his M.O. He's got his hands all over this. So what does this mean? It's pretty simple. It means Jesus is alive. It means he's alive. Guys, Jesus didn't die and then he was resurrected and then he lived for 40 days and then died again. No. He didn't die again after he was resurrected. He ascended. 
Jesus is alive. Guys, the power of the risen Jesus, the real Jesus, through the Holy Spirit is what restored this man. Jesus is in this. And he's in you. This story that we just preached here, verse by verse, that is the gospel. What just happened there on the steps of that gate is the gospel. And where the gospel is, there will always be Jesus. Where the true gospel is, there will always be Jesus. We have a lot of different gospels in the world. The gospel of money. All kinds of gospels. Guys, the true gospel, which we have just seen, there will always be Jesus. Our hearts are restored when we receive Jesus by faith and we get the gift of the Holy Spirit and Jesus lives inside of us. Peter and John are spirit-empowered because they have a relationship with Jesus. They have a relationship with Jesus. So guys, the Holy Spirit that was within Jesus, it's the same Holy Spirit within the disciples and it's the same Holy Spirit within us today. The same Holy Spirit, not a different one. It's the same thing. Imagine that. Imagine that. This is the gift that's greater than anything we could ever expect, ever, ever. Guys, the Holy Spirit is going to shake you up. He's going to rearrange your life. He's going to bust up in that party that you're having in your life. It's it's, It's not good, but it is good. At first, it's not good, but it becomes amazing. Okay, he's going to change things. It's not going to be comfortable. Guys, the lame beggar's life here, it didn't become easier. Maybe his quality of life became better. But his life did not become easier. Because he's now going to have to face, things, face the same things that we have to face today. That, that tug of war between the Holy Spirit and ourself. Guys, he's going to have to figure out a new operation. He now has lots of questions that are going to have to be answered. Like, man, I can't make money off anymore from my paralysis. What am I going to do? So it doesn't become easier, but his life becomes better. But he gets restoration and he gets salvation. That's the important thing. So guys, when Jesus is inside of us, big things happen. Big things happen. Second thing that I want to talk about. Guys, as individuals and as a church, we are called to be different. We are called to be different. Many going into the temple daily gave that guy money. Many did, I'm sure. But Peter and John, they're different. Guys, they're different. Sure, maybe if if they had money, it says they didn't have money. But if they, even if they did have money, something tells me they still wouldn't have given him money. Guys, it's not all about the money. Peter and John were different. Peter and John wanted something greater than supporting this man in his current condition. He wanted to transform this guy's life by the power of the risen Jesus. Guys, if, don't get me wrong. There is a time and a place for generosity and, you know, meeting a need financially and, and the giving of our money. God wants us to be good stewards of our financials. But guys, if that's all we did, 
If all we did was give money, we would be no different than an ATM machine. But God calls us to something greater. We're called to be different. This uh, seminary professor who has since passed, uh, William Sanford Lasore, he says a great quote here. Um, I'm actually thinking about putting it on Facebook. Um, <laughs> um, quote, it is not the church's business in this world to simply make the present condition more bearable. The task of the church is to release here, release here, on earth, the redemptive work of God in Christ. That's number one. End quote. We are first and foremost called to share God's love, point people to Christ, live out the gospel. Share, point, live. Share, point, live. Guys, Peter and John did all three here. They did all three here. We're called to point people to the greater gift that they're not expecting. You see, God is in the business of doing the unexpected. He does the unexpected uh, to separate himself from the pack. God is different, man. There's lots of gods out there. Well, not real gods. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. But lots of fake gods that claim things. God's like, nah, I'm the true God. I'm the one and only true God. And I am different. I separate myself from the pack, God says. And the church is empowered to do the same. To stand out for Christ and not blend in with the world. Right? So what's our M.O.? What is our M.O.? When people see you, do people see Jesus? Or do they see the world? Are you standing out for Christ or are you blending in with the world? Guys, I want to conclude it on this. So 33-ish years previous to this moment, people were running out of hope, man. I mean, they had the scriptures back then, the Old Testament scriptures. It was saying, like, this dude's going to come, the Messiah, you know, but it's just not happening. Like, they're just waiting. But, man, God hadn't spoken in a word, a word in, like, 400 years between like Malachi and, and the first gospel. People are running out of hope, like, man, when is this going to happen? So flash forward 30 years later, 30 years later, toiling in their fishing business. That was their operation. That's all they knew, Peter and John. Toiling in their fishing business. They know about Jesus. They've heard of this guy. But one day, they're actually approached by Jesus. This craggy-looking dude in a beard named Jesus is like, follow me. (laughs) Follow me. They probably never thought that God would engage with them and pursue them so personally and on their level. They follow him and they become his disciples and they get something far greater than they ever expected. Jesus changes lives. 
He changes lives. He he exceeds people's expectations. And people notice. And then they start talking. But that's next week. (laughs) Guys, on the cross, Jesus dropped the biggest game changer the world has ever known. Ever. And the reverb hasn't stopped since. We are here because of the cross. If the cross didn't happen, we would not be here right now. This is, this is the reverb, what's going on right here today. This is the reverberation of that. Guys, th- this is the purpose of our lives. Two quick things. To receive the gift of restoration and salvation through faith in Jesus. Just like the lame beggar did. Receive the gift of restoration and salvation like the lame beggar did. And if you've done that, if you've done that, to be different. That's the second thing. He calls you from something, but he also calls you to something. A lot of us just stop at the from. We get that part, but then we're not different. How are you doing in these areas? This is convicting. It's convicting for me. It's a daily grind. Goodness gracious, it is so worth it. Guys, let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, thank you so much um, for just revealing your word to us revealing your truth and your love, your grace and your mercy, God. I just pray that your, your word just penetrates these people's minds and their hearts and their whole entire being. And that if they haven't received you, they receive you today. And if they've done that, they can leave these doors and be different. They can go out into their communities and their neighborhood, into, the, into their Walmart, and just be different and just shine for you. God, thank you. Thank you for this, this church, Lord, where we can come together as a body and we can worship you and we can understand your word more clearly. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.